KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Oh yeah, the Thunder lost, but that's not the big news tonight. The big news is Thunder legend Trevor Reza could be on the move to Uh-oh. Miami Heat. Brady, tell us how you feel. Well, the, the Heat love old guys. We'll get to that in a second, though. We do have to talk, unfortunately, about the Thunder's most just destructive defeat. And just imagine a world, everybody, where Zach Levine only plays the Oklahoma City Thunder. I want you to imagine that world because that is a world where Zach Levine is the uh, Jumpman, Jumpman logo. Because Zach Levine was... <laughs> Zach Levine against the Thunder or Andrew Wiggins against the Thunder? Who you got and why? Oh, why you got to ask hard questions? Well, that's Sorry, okay. spicy, we'll Matt. That for later. That's Matt Burton, our uh, lovely producer who does ask the tough questions whilst looking oh so handsome. I'm joined by Christine Butterfield, and I am Brady Trantham. And it's been... been you hot. give so many compliments to Matt, and then you just glaze uh, over me so quickly. Because uh, you're there. Okay, like Christine, everyone compliments you. No, they... Okay. Yes, they Not do. Really. Nobody compliments me, so I have yes, to have Brady. I compliment you all the time. You do. You do. That's fair. Yeah, we I'm shove, undeserving. We shove Matt Burton in that closet over there, and I just want him to know that he's appreciated. If it was up to us, he'd be right here next to us. Well, then the sound. But would it's be not. Off. I, I'm saying it's not up to us. And we'd be. It's off. up to the mechanics of the sound. Yeah, and we, we we'd be on forever. We would have no breaks. I mean, the thunder needed a break tonight, and it was just. Well, please I, put Zach Levine off the te- get him off the floor. Please, God. <laughs> Mark, well, he could just keep running back and forth. Mark Dagnall's like, please, Billy, we used to be friends. Sam Presti's like, ah, yes, the tank is rolling once again. Yes, Oklahoma City loses to the Chicago Bulls 123-102 to behind 40 points on 15 of 20 shooting from Zach Levine <laughs> to go along with 22 points from Lori Markkinen. 7-14, one of them where he sunned Moses Brown on a first-quarter dunk. The Bulls... I mean, we'll get to like the good part of the Thunder in a little bit, but the Bulls shot six to twelve from the three point line in the first quarter. That was basically all you needed to know. Is like the Bulls' starting five just destroyed Oklahoma City. Um, of course, Oklahoma City is sitting basically everybody out in their starting five except for Shea Gillis Alexander, who finished with twenty one points and only one assist and one rebound on ten of seventeen shooting. Uh, Moses Brown. Very surprising today. 20 points, 16 boards. The former G League product, undrafted out of UCLA. Isaiah Roby, 11 points. Teo Maldon, 8 points. And everybody's favorite, Alexei Bokushevsky, making his third consecutive start since coming back from the G League. 4 points, 2 of 9 shooting, and 8 rebounds. I mean, Christine, where do you want to start with this one? Do we want to go defense, or do we want to start off positive? Uh, special teams. All right, here we go. You know, it's funny. I haven't seen a defense this bad since Mike Stoops was the <laughs> coach. <laughs> uh, Brady did not put me up to that, by the way. Very proud of that. I, I, it's it's in everybody's script. Only pain. Oh, it's just a, it's a sad time. <laughs> Somebody put the tweet out today like, what does this logo remind you of? And it was the Rose Bowl logo. It's like, not today, Satan. Just, right. Just we're we're going to talk Do about the 2003 Rose engage. Bowl. Where Teddy Lehman just destroyed Jason Gesser in Washington State. That's all I'm going to think of. Do Moving not on. engage. Christine? Yeah, this, I feel like... 
the soul of this defense was gone. And without having Lou Dort's presence there to stop Zach Levine, the Chicago Bulls were just able to take advantage of every situation. Like, this defense tonight was not moving. Forget not rotating. They just weren't moving. Like, the second someone would, you know, do a spin move, even the simplest crossover seemed to just make the Thunder players look confused. Like, what are these crazy moves people are pulling on us? Hell, if the Bulls just did a pick and roll. Oh, my God, I've never seen one of those. A high ball screen? Since when? I, uh, I've never heard of her. <laughs> never seen her. I can't put into words how tragic this defense was. But you know what I can say? Chicago almost scored half a hundred in one quarter in the first quarter. That alone should just tell you how tragic this defense was from the start. Yeah, that happens about every month and a half for Oklahoma City's defense in those first quarters. I mean, everybody, I mean, what did the Rockets have? Was it 50 points? I think so. I think they were like creeping up on, it might have been like 49. I think they were at like 48. Yeah, because Eric Gordon like shot a three and got fouled, and I think he hit all three three or free throws, but if he had hit the shot, I think they would have cracked either 60 or 50. I can't remember what <laughs> threshold they were trying to cross in that first quarter. But the Thunder's defense, even at relative full strength, has shown the inability to defend. But, but again, like, what did you expect? I mean, everybody was surprised that they were able to come back from a double-digit deficit against Memphis with essentially the same starting five, but... I'll ask again, like, what did you expect offensively, defensively, special teams? Tonight? Going into this game? Well, I mean, w- with what they're trotting out there. Oh, um, you know, not much. Whenever I figured out that Al Horford was out, Lou Dort was out, Darius Baisley was out, George Hill obviously has been out for weeks, so that hasn't really been a factor. But when you put in who they had the starting five in tonight as Poku, Roby, Brown, and then Maladon, who's been really good in the starting five, and of course SGA. I didn't know what to expect. Not a lot, though. Even though Poku was coming off of a career high from the other night, I just seem to have realized with him it's not going to be as consistent as you want just by his age. And he's still kind of getting used to the quickness that is the NBA right now. So I wasn't expecting a lot of him from tonight. I thought Roby played well. I mean, Brown had one of the best nights of his career. And according to Thunder Communications, is the second player in NBA history, or no, Thunder history, excuse me, to record 20-plus points, 15-plus rebounds, and a plus-5 performance. So good on Brown, but ultimately... It didn't really matter how well they were doing on offense because their defense just couldn't hold it together enough to even offset that. Matt, what did Coach Burton say? He said, "He said uh, we look really good when Zach Levine's not on the court. And uh, that basically, basically sums it up. No one could guard Zach Levine. 40 points. 15 of 20 shooting. Yeah. I mean, talk about a guy that's just on fire. I, I should have looked this up before the show started, but I, I'm trying to look up when the Bulls played the Thunder earlier this year because they played in the preseason, and then what? I think the next day was the yeah. was the regular season, uh, the first game of the regular season. It was against the Bulls because I remember that. Oh, Billy's going to be here for a few days, and Zach Levine both times had phenomenal games. So I'm trying to find it, but um, I mean, it's simply it's simply that it, it's that simple. I mean, the Thunder. 
they're down in the first quarter. They make a little bit of a run in the second quarter at the beginning with the reserves in for Chicago. But then late in the second quarter, the Thunder really put the pedal to the metal, and they go on a 22-3 to run to get down within two. And I think they eventually take the lead. I don't know if they led at halftime. I can't remember. But they at some point had a one-possession lead. And basically from that point on, the Bulls put their starters back in, Zach Levine included. And that was it. Like they, they, the Bulls went on a 20 to something run of their own. You look up and it's 71 59. And it's like, yeah, that's all she wrote. Yeah. Thunder did a good job. I mean, they scored 28 in the first, which, okay, but they gave up 42. <laughs> scored 35 in the second. Looked great. That 22 to 3 run that we were talking about in the second quarter uh, to just make it a game after we thought, after the first quarter, like, okay, well, this, this one, this one's just done. This one's done and dusted. And then come back. Make it close before halftime. And then 16 points in the third quarter. 16 total points in the third quarter. They scored half, yeah, basically, basically, of half what the Bulls scored, scored in that quarter. I mean, that, that's good in football. You score 16 points in a quarter. It's that's like, pretty okay, good. That's, that's pretty not, good. Not but yeah, terrible. Just, uh, yeah, like, came did, out. You, did you get a safety in there? Like, there are questions <laughs> that need to be asked. But I right. mean, if that's a golf score, you're, uh, you're yeah. kicking it. Yeah. But no, it just came out of halftime. Couldn't hit anything. That was just... I don't know. There's just a. Uh, it's not going to look. I mean, 21 points is a is a whooping. But this was. I think this was worse than than 21 points. To be honest. Quick uh, correction: the Bulls and the Thunder played two preseason games in Oklahoma City back to back. So that's what okay. I was remembering. The Bulls have already played the Thunder this year in Chicago. It was uh, early on in the season. Oklahoma City actually won in overtime, 127 <laughs> to 125. Zach Levine had 35 points in that game. Okay. So, uh, 43 minutes, 35 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, but tonight 40 points on virtually 100% shooting from the floor. <laughs> Just, I mean, look, um, we kind of know this with what the Thunder are doing, especially in the second half of the season, and you might be asking yourself if you've been following along, well, wait a minute, this isn't the second night or even the first night of a back-to-back. Why is Al Horford not playing? Mark Dagnall was asked that pregame, and he basically blamed it on the, the, the rigorousness of the second half of the schedule. I mean, from the trade deadline. It's so getting, not it's saying really not saying that Al Horford's going to be for sure dealt, but I mean if you're going to if you can get away with resting a guy and you're also trying to, you know, maybe try to lose games or at least put yourself in a situation too. We want to see what Moses Brown is capable of. We want to see what Isaiah Roby does with extended minutes. I .e. we want to lose so we can get that Cade Cunningham guy. Um not having Al Horford, not having Lou Dort, not even having Darius Baisley. I'll just ask, like, what do you expect? And I would think that Thunder fans that have that understanding are probably like, yeah, okay, this is just, this is a, this is the long game, and I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't care about wins and losses right now. I care about losses. I don't know. I feel like the Thunder fandom right now is very confused on where they should stand because I feel like the second they're like, okay, we're going to come together. We're here for the tank. We'll go through a season of bad to get a, couple good seasons and then a fantastic season down the road the second that happens then they see this ga- this team start to win a couple games in a row and then they get their hopes up and they're like oh well maybe this team can really pull it together maybe make a playoff run you know they're really young but they're talented and they're athletic and then they get on this high of maybe they could be something more and then that's when they have a game like this one where they lose by 21 points so as a fan I feel like they're kind of conflicted on where they're supposed to 
go right now, especially, you know, like Sam Presti has so many picks left in the bank, right? Like you have to think that with all of those picks he has lined up and saved, he can do so many different things with that. He can group them together. He can get, you know, extend it to a higher pick. He can possibly get Cade Cunningham. Like there's just so many possible scenarios still to be played out and still to see within the trade deadline. Like there's so many players for the Thunder that they could possibly trade away that when there's too many combinations like this, it's hard for me to kind of know where this stands as a whole. I don't know about you, Matt. Yeah, I think I think it's more just confusion because you're like, okay, the team that I'm rooting for keeps winning, so I'm happy about that, yeah. But also, before the season, everyone's like, this is going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA probably. Um, it's like eating so, cookies every day. Like right, I'm, I'm happy that I'm, right. I'm eating cookies. The cookies are bomb. I love this. But I mean, you keep doing that for you know how long is an NBA season last six months? Yeah, but it's going to come back to bite you. It's going to come back to bite you. You know where where it shouldn't. Um, mainly the midsection, mainly mm. the midsection, the tummy area. I'm yeah. dealing with that right now. Well, well, but I mean, gut, that's just because I like cookies. Gut immunity, Ryan. Important. If you're listening, we need at least a one month in advance invitation oh, yeah. for the pool party. Yeah, you need to give me a month notice before I go to any pool party so I can just start working out like crazy Quick, because um, oh. I have no motivation right now but no uh, sorry just real quickly on the fandom um, I think it's just general confusion really because and not only that you see the team that they're putting out they're putting out guys who are just in the G League starting minutes like Moses Brown Alexei Pokashevsky Ty Jerome was playing a lot of minutes and they're still somehow getting a win here and there. And you're like, what? what is going on? And with, I mean, Shea I and all-star caliber guard, too. I don't, but- know, I don't know how close we're getting to this, but I think I could really see in the next five years where we're not actually scoffing at, oh, this G League player came up. Right. Like, the G I League see, is get, I see getting this, to a- Yeah, changing the way that people coach in the NBA, kind of, with how this season is starting to go and how these players are starting to really improve just by playing a few weeks in the G League and then coming back to the NBA, just getting that kind of transitional period. Because even from college to the NBA is a big jump these days. So if you can kind of get that nice little in-between of going to the G League for a few weeks to slow the game down a little bit, but still playing against guys that are really athletic and really smart, you're going to be able to see those situations quicker once you go back to playing in the NBA. So like you said, Brady, I really do see this kind of changing the way that a lot of players are playing in the NBA and a lot of the coaches are choosing to deal with their rosters. Just being like, okay, this guy's not looking too strong. Let's put him in the G League for a couple weeks and bring him back up whenever someone you know like has an injury or something like that. Yeah, and the G League too. Like the guys who we just talked about, Moses Brown, Poku. Um, I mean, Lou Dort came from the G League yeah, a year ago. Yeah, but like those guys this year, like they put up some insane numbers. Like Moses Brown put up insane numbers in the G League. So you can obviously you can tell like okay, he's miles better than the G League. So let's let's Absolutely. bring him up here. Let's see see what he can do. And then tonight, I mean, just had a monster night. So. I don't know. Moses Brown can do some things. He can do some things. He gives people obvious, obvious problems with. I mean, just he's seven foot two. Like he's a lengthy yeah. guy on that yeah, floor. Exactly. He's he's long, lanky. Uh, I don't know. He can do he can do some things. Hot take by Matt. Yeah, I know, right? He can do. Moses some Browns things. can do some he things. Can do some things. That was about as close to sunshine pumping for this game on this post game right, show yeah. that we are going to get. One quick fat to- factoid from Thunder Communications PR Twitter account. Moses Brown is the second player in Thunder history, the first being Serge Ibaka. Everybody remembers him to record 20-plus oh, yeah. points, 15-plus rebounds, 
five plus blocks. Not bad. Which could potentially segue us into Thunder Player of the Game. Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. Now, having said that, somebody needs to say that it's Kendrick Williams because not because of his 14 points off the bench, which led all bench scorers uh, for Oklahoma City, but the very fact that he shot six of nine from the floor. Nice. (laughs) Nice. 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 There you go. Nice. Yeah. It wouldn't be me, so good good job for you. Well, because you're a professional. Well, no, I've definitely made that joke here before. Oh, Christine. It's beneath you. Is it? I don't really think so. Well, I mean, are you saying are you saying because I'm a chick I shouldn't make that joke? No, no. I'm just saying because you're a professional. Are you not a professional? I don't think anyone knows I work here. I just kinda <laughs> I just kinda hang out with you, you guys. Skate by. You just skate by. Yeah, we just let this crazy haired man in here to talk basketball. Yeah, yeah, yes. Thank you to Mr. Tyler Media. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Media, sir. Yeah, thank Mr. you, Media. Mr. Media. Thank yes. You. Your highness. Uh Christine, who is your Thunder player of the game? It's gotta be Moses Brown. Like, there's no other player for me that it could be besides Kendrick Rowling, if you're going for the six and nine joke, but I mean, Moses Brown, we kind of already talked about it before the Thunders put out all these stats that he now holds scoring 20 points tonight, 16 rebounds. He was just lethal on those boards and then five blocks. I mean, he was just everywhere defensively, offensively. He was nine to 16 from the floor and he didn't even try to put up a three. Like that's all straight off points in the paint points um, on the floor. So I thought that he really showed everyone why they moved him up from the G League, why he deserves to have a spot on this roster, a permanent spot on this roster, and why he's fitting in with this core so well. And SGA seemed to feel very confident giving him the ball a lot tonight, even though he only SGA only ended up getting one assist. Don't know if that's because Moses Brown kept putting the ball on the ground right before he would get that layup or what, but it's got to be Brown for me, for sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely Moses Brown and he had six fouls. He fouled out. So he was being aggressive. Hey. He did not get cheated. He did not get cheated out there tonight. Uh, he used all of his fouls and used them put a number, wisely, I guess. My kind of guy. Put a number on every category in the box score. Just do us that solid, please. He's. I want to wrap know, this sheet up. Get a steal. Come on. And put up a three. What are we doing? No, he didn't. No, good job. Good job. <laughs> no, I'm saying he that's what efficient. he needed. That's all he, he needed. efficient. Yeah. That's all he needed was to put up a three, get an assist, and get a steal. They would have one of everything. No, that's too much to ask, Uh, I guess. The Thunder are back in action on Thursday against Ryan Chapman's Atlanta Hawks. We've got more of this game to talk about. We've also got some Trevor Reza could potentially be on the move. Talk around the NBA, of course. Like we already mentioned, the trade deadline is a few days away, so let's get into the fun, fun what-if scenarios. But this is the First Take Thunder postgame show. Matt Burton producing, Christine Butterfield co-hosting, and I, Brady Trantham, co-co-hosting or something. I don't know what to call it, but stay tuned. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise. You know the f- vibes? franchise thunder first take post game show here on this lovely lovely tuesday evening night part of the day which it's a wonderful part of the year because christine butterfield made the probably the best observation of the night in that we're watching the game in the first quarter here at the studio brady trantham here along with matt burton our producer for the thunder and the bulls 
And she's like, man, it's so weird to be watching game at this time and the sun's still out. I love me some daylight savings time and I love me this some time of year. Although, please be weather aware. Give me more sun all the time. I'm not against this. Matt, are you one of those that like winter? No. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> those no. people need to I'm uh, out. go live in the North Pole. No, every those. winter I'm reminded uh, about how stupid I am whenever it's summer. I'm like, oh, you know, a cold day here and there wouldn't be bad. You and say those things. I have said that before. Yes, I know. I appreciate I'm stupid. I and then, never. And then, every, then winter comes and I'm like, okay, I'm an idiot. I want summer all the time. Ugh, you're like a grass is always greener kind of guy. I appreciate no, consistency. Like, I, just, I want... I want summer all the time. Well, I, no, I, I always want summer. saying that in I wanted summer, cold days. In the summer, I'm thriving. I've never once in the summer been like, oh, I wish it was like 30 degrees and it was just a cold winter day. I have never been that girl. And I don't never. think I ever will be. I appreciate consistency. When it's summertime in Oklahoma and you're like, what's the weather going to be like next week? Hot. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? Hot. Like it, it could, it's going to be hot it, and windy, it, and we not have cool. some storm. We could have some storms, but yeah. it's going to be hot during those storms. Yeah, when it's winter, I have no idea what <laughs> no, tomorrow no. or next week's going to be like. It could snow. It could ice storm. What it could cold, be cold, I wear? cold rain. It could be twenty-five miles per hour wind that makes yeah, it exactly. twenty degrees colder. What clothes should I wear as I don't drive to the Chesapeake Energy Arena to not watch the Oklahoma City Thunder because they're not letting fans in the arena this year? <laughs> Which is that that's their decision. You know what? Brady again once calling himself a fan and not a professional. <laughs> I, I am I am the royal we. I am speaking for the fan here, right? Not as Brady does sports. The Thunder lose to the Chicago Bulls 123-102. And for those keeping track at home, the Thunder and the Bulls have split their two-game series. I don't know if anyone correctly predicted that. But Zach Levine still torches Oklahoma City. He looks incredible. Looks very much like an all-star when he plays Oklahoma City. And the Thunder just decided, you know what, Al Orford, you know what, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, just sit out tonight. We're going to ride the Moses Brown train. Maybe Pokeshevsky's got some more magic up his sleeve. We all know what SJ can bring to the table. I mean, he had, what, 21, 21. points on 10 of 17 shooting? Uh, uh, nice. Eight turnovers. That kind eight of sucks. Tur- but eight turnovers. Okay. Only took one three. Yeah, we need to do some more, do some more evaluating <laughs> of Moses Brown and Poku and Roby. And Shay is like, you guys are killing me. <laughs> right. I... I can't even get eight turnovers if I try. I can't play with my best friends Lou Dort and Darry Spacey. What's Spaisley? going on? Those are Russell Westbrook numbers in the first quarter. Eight turnovers. <laughs> Poku, you're going two of nine. You're ruining my assists. Now I'm going to be in a potential assists, bro. Got to pick this nah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, look, the Thunder had a nice little run in the late second part of the quarter, or second quarter, uh, had a two-point lead, uh, shortly thereafter and then the Bulls went on a run and that was pretty much it. So let's get to the other big story concerning the Oklahoma City Thunder that popped up I think at some point late in the third, early in the fourth quarter I could be mistaken, but uh, Kevin O'Connor covers the NBA for the ringer and does a fantastic job. If you've ever followed the NBA, I'm sure you've seen something from Kevin O'Connor, whether it be draft stuff or of course NBA free agency or trade chatter. He's very well connected. Uh, He put out a tweet uh, during the game uh, saying that the Thunder and the Heat are engaging in ta- trade talks for Trevor Reza, Thunder legend Trevor Reza, I should say. That's my bad, uh, who has not played for the Oklahoma City Thunder since coming here this season. He's been basically, where? In Miami, working out, uh, staying in shape for whenever his number is truly called. But apparently the Thunder and the Heat 
are engaging in some trade talks, and apparently the other side of the deal is, you guessed it, a second-round pick. So, guys, do, do we have any memories, any thoughts of the Trevor Ariza era potentially coming to an end here in Oklahoma City? I'm more sad than when Hamadou Diallo left. I just don't know yeah, just don't, how the Thunder are going to cope without Ariza on the floor. Just don't be his just, presence in the locker room will be missed. There are just there are too many memories to choose from. I can't. I don't can't be pick sad that one. they're potentially ending. Just be happy that they happened. Exactly. You know. Just be happy he was still staying in shape, unlike James Harden. I mean, that's part of the that's part of the gig, isn't it? No, and and for those, I guess. Because, like, of course, Oklahoma City trades Hamadou Diallo over the weekend for Shvi Mikhailuk. Shvi. Not yeah, Shvi. I like to say Shvi. Because I just There's want no, it. Okay. I just That's want incorrect, it. but okay. Okay. Well, anyway, the Thunder make that trade. They get a second round pick in 10 years. No, and they get it in 2027. But you're probably thinking, like, who cares? And if they indeed trade Trevor Reza to the Miami Heat for what is reported a second round pick... Like, yeah, it's it's not a first-round pick. It's not a lottery pick. It's not a young prospect. But Trevor Reese is old. And like, what are you expecting for a guy who literally hasn't played? Yeah, what are you expecting for an expiring deal as well? Yes. So, It's better than buying him out. Exactly. You want to get something. And while a second-round pick might not be uh, appealing or sexy in any way, I mean, if the Thunder indeed keep it, I mean, if they let's just say they keep that 2027 draft pick, that second-round pick <laughs> for Hamadou Diallo, and let's say that the Thunder, you know, they get back to where they want to be and Sam Presti's still the GM. Well, this this franchise has shown that they can evaluate well enough and get guys out of the second round. Most recently speaking, Teo Maladon. So it's not the end of the world. But also, like, how I view second round picks, and especially since Sam Presti owns about, I don't know, one-fourth of the NBA's first round picks, both his own and the other one-fourth of the NBA there's not a lot of first-round picks to go around, so if you start accruing second-round picks, it just opens up the potential down the road that you can package so many diff- a wide variety of assets uh, in a potential big-time deal, whether you're trying to move up in the draft, whether you're trying to try and get a player that you've identified that we are this guy away from being X, Y, or Z. I mean, that's that's how I see it. Just accrue a wide variety of assets and that's what potentially the Thunder are doing here with Trevor Reason. Yeah, I'm not mad about it because like you said, they're getting an asset in return. So I don't see this situation playing out as, oh, well, you know, the Thunder could steal an up and coming player from the Miami Heat or, oh, they could get a, they could buy him out and then just not have to deal with anything. At least you're getting a viable asset. And yes, it's in like the future but who knows where the Thunder are going to be then? Maybe they could really use that pick. Maybe they could group that pick together and trade swap for somebody else. Like, you never know what situation they're going to be in. So don't get mad about getting an asset ever. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's that just my asset, take. Though. Again, especially for someone who literally has not played for you and was never going to play for you. Exactly. And I can't remember, was Trevor Reese, the last time he was good, was it? his first stint with the Houston Rockets and then he got let go. And then Rockets fans were trying to tell us that James Ennis was just going to be like, well, he's, he's going to bring what Trevor Reese brings to the table. And we are all like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I beg your pardon. And that we all know how that movie ended, but I mean, it's not just that he hasn't played Trevor Reese. hasn't been very, he hasn't been that high end role. Like when you think of Trevor Reese, it's probably, he has not played like you think in your head. And like you remember like when he was with the Lakers, like, like, like I, yeah. I, I did the same thing last year when the Heat got Andre Iguodala. I'm like, oh gosh, they got 
LeBron James stopper. So if the Heat make right. the finals, finals MVP, they got they got the guy who can potentially match up against LeBron James. Well, the Heat did make the finals, and guess what? It did not matter. No, no, no. So no. the Heat, I guess, just want more old guys. More power to them. That's okay. You know, it's a strategy. Maybe not one I would it's, go after, but it is certainly a strategy that they are going after. Well, I guess we haven't really had a chance to on this show speak publicly about the Hamadou Diallo trade over the weekend and uh, since Fee didn't decide to play tonight or I mean of course that's a Mark Dagnall decision um, I mean Christine were you, it's always shocking to see a player like not that Hamadou Diallo has this long history with Oklahoma City but he is the franchise's only slam dunk champion and he was starting to really show that he could be a consistent role player but I think if you really took a chance and looked at where his timeline is in comparison to the rest of this team and this franchise, with what he's put on tape this year, you could you could at least have the understanding that you know he could probably get a few more extra million dollars than what the Thunder are potentially wanting to pay him. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt the Thunder would love to keep Hamadou Diallo, but because of that fact, it just didn't make sense. So like once that initial shock of a trade goes down, I think it's just like. It's it's best for both parties involved that this trade goes down. I, you know, after I got over the initial shock, because I don't think anyone really saw Hamadou Diallo getting traded in this time of the year. I thought that he was, I frankly, like when I was watching him play with the core that they have now, I didn't see him lasting past this season. I thought that after the season was over, they're going to try to get as many assets as they could for him. Because like you said, Brady, he was showing to be a very solid player offensively and defensively. And especially when he was getting hot with SGA, like that duo just looked so fun to watch. And um, Hamadou Diallo is as athletic as they get. So he can definitely get paid a little bit more than what the Thunder are wanting to give out right now. And so since I saw him leaving anyways, and... I kind of had my eye on George Hill and Mike Muscala for, you know, getting closer to this trade deadline. And I saw the uh, notification from good old Woj on my phone that Hamadou Diallo was going to be traded. Ultimately, I was like, this just makes sense for the Thunder. You know, I don't think that Hamadou Diallo is going to be part of their future, even though he was at the time their, you know, like their oldest veteran on the team. And it is sad to see someone who is such a, you know, solid player for the Thunder for a very long time leave you have to start looking towards the future at some point. And that's what this whole season's been about, is building towards the future. And sometimes building towards the future means taking away someone that's not going to be a part of that future, and that's okay. And so who they got in return was Svi Mikhailuk, and that's someone that I think is going to be really good with their core right now because let's say they do get rid of Mike Mascala in a couple of weeks or even at the end of the season – they need to get someone who can come off the bench and be a energizing, good three-point shooter. And that's who you have in uh, Steve Mikhailuk. He's shooting, I think, around 37.5% from behind the arc right now, which is pretty solid for um, what he's been putting up. He's only been in the league, I think, for two seasons. And I really just think that with how young their core is, getting a guy that's been... Um, in this league for two years, a good shooter on the outside, someone that is used to moving the ball around very quickly. I think he fits perfectly into what the uh, they are trying to do right now. And if they trade him away for someone better, that's even great. That's even greater. Like I, I don't see this being a negative for the Thunder at this point. Take the take the rock chalk glasses off, okay? And then tell me about. Sweet are they Kylie. doing anything? No, I'm kidding. I was I'm wondering kidding. when you were going to get salty kidding. about no, this. I do like, like, like Svima Kyle, but I will say. Uh, let's just let's take a trip back down memory lane. 
Who is the last guy that was starting some games for the Detroit Pistons that the Thunder traded for? That turned out to be DJ Kyle Singler. Singler. So I just hope Svima Kailuk is better than Kyle Singler. I think he will be. I'm not biased, but I think he will be. I'll I'll have you all know, Kyle Singler was shooting 40%. No, yeah, he on was like five starting, attempts yeah. a game. He was a he was yeah. a legitimate NBA starter. And then he forgot to shoot. He forgot how to shoot. And then it just, it just um, randomly happened. Yeah, just, there will be documentaries. <laughs> science, there there will be, be science journals published as to why that happened. But you will never take away his national championship <laughs> at Duke. So, well, you uh, know what? But yeah, oh sorry, no, I I do not know. I, what, he, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what? Mikhailuk fits in better, and that's all I'm going to say. No, I'm ready, I'm ready like for this Kansas Jayhawk to prove that wrong because you know what? I think he's going to be cool. I think he's going to be good. Cue him getting traded right now. <laughs> yes. Svi. I do like Svi. I do like Svi. I just I hope he doesn't forget how to shoot like the last white guy that the Thunder traded for from the Pistons. I find it so funny how Kansas every season has a token white boy. That can like somehow shoot from the outside. <laughs> the one that I remember from, like, I think I was in high school was the Morningstar. Morningstar. Yeah. yeah, Morningstar yeah. was good. I think it's Brady Morningstar, I think. Was I remembered. It? Uh, that's why I hate the kid. <laughs> I don't think that's why you hate him. Uh uh. Uh uh. I remembered uh, Brandon Green, and then he had to get his hip replaced. Tragic. Oh, that's tragic story. Well, here's another tragic story. It's called Thunder Tank Commander of the Game. We're good! Tanking! Yeah! Sorry, sorry, we're going, we're going tanking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! Should yeah. we go? Should we go SGA with those eight turnovers? If he had two, it wouldn't That's matter. Normally. That's that's an abnormal amount of turnovers, especially for SGA. Because unlike some of these names <laughs> of the players that participated tonight, uh, Shay, you've got standards. We have standards right. for you, my friend. We do have that. Having said that, I mean every five seconds that dude is doing something incredible, like yeah. splitting the double team, doing a spin, mm-hmm. and finishing with just absolute comfort finesse at the rim. The most casual finesse I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, the, Shay is... I mean, Chisholm Holland was asking Sam Mays earlier today, like he was just going through the point guards in the league of like, who would you rather have over SGA? And they got to like, I think the fourth or fifth point guard, like of, when you're like Steph Curry, Dame, like, right, of course yeah, you're of not course gonna pick those. Good. Once you get to like the Jamal Murray department of the NBA, you're just like, I think I want Shea. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're just like, look, Shea, you're my tank commander tonight, and it has nothing to do really with me thinking you were awful tonight. I mean, eight turnovers is bad, but this is a compliment. We have standards for you, and eight turnovers is just too damn much. Yeah, it's too much, but it was good. He was, I mean, what, 10 for 17? So yeah. That's an efficient night. Uh, he only shot one three, which is, I feel like is weird. I think he just mm-hmm. knew, like, yeah, I'll say like, it is tonight. <laughs> yeah, tonight is not the night. Um, I. I really don't know. It kind of just wasn't good all the way around. Um, I feel like Christine's about to say Poku, but after I, th- I feel like he buys, he, he bought himself some grace, a grace period. Wow. With those, with those couple games. Oh, yeah. That's really rude that you would just assume I'm going to go Poku on this. I don't know. Give me... You know who I got? Do you, want, do you want me to give you some time to think? Yeah, go ahead. I got Lou Dort 
because the defensive effort was lacking. And I blame it on the fact that his energy was not on the court tonight. And there was no one good enough to guard Zach Levine after he scored 40 points tonight. That would have been yep. that would have been Lou Dort's man. So I'm going to go Lou Dort. Way to go, Lou. Way to go. Good job. Uh, well, then in that case, if you're going to pick someone who didn't, who didn't play, I'm going to pick Sfee Mikhailov. I knew it. That's Kansas. so bad. Again, is Kansas doing anything this weekend? I want to have a party. (laughs) I don't think they can. I play Mark Dagnall. Put in speed, you (laughs) coward. No, I don't know. Uh, Realistically, it's probably Zach Levine with 40 points. (laughs) You're right. He helped the Thunder tank a lot tonight. Uh, And also, realistically, probably Poku. Sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. But I I still love you, Poku. He went two of nine. That's a good good pick to me. Two of nine. Eight eight rebounds. but that's you know that's about it. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, coming he'll be, off he'll a, bounce back. Coming off that twenty point like career high, like right. he, I, there's no way he's gonna outdo that. He had anyways. a back to he had a, a back to reality game. It's okay. He he's feeling tired. Well, that was a tired, tired, tired argument talking about Kansas because I don't think they're doing anything this week. I could be wrong. I'm getting like super heated right now. Well, I think yeah, they're kind of busy this weekend. Feel free to step outside and get some fresh air. That's Christine Butterfield, the lovely, lovely, talented, very awesome at her job, Christine Butterfield, who is who happens to unfortunately be a Kansas Jayhawk basketball fan. Uh, Bat Burton producing. Oklahoma City loses one twenty three to one hundred two, and we just went down all the trade fun talk. So we're going to go around the association in the next segment. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. And we're back. So are the Thunder. And they, hey. went, and they went right the L today. Like, hey, Zach Levine, come on in. Got the L from Zach? Yeah, he had 40 points. Lori Markin in at 22. Shagit, Gildas Alexander, 21. And not nearly enough to stop the Billy Donovan-led Chicago Bulls from dismantling Oklahoma City 123-102. to 102. Brady Trantham here at Brady Does Sports on Twitter. Feel free to follow me if you would so choose. With Christine Umbeltafield at CB on Sports on Twitter. And that's Matt Burton right there. And he's going to be busy the next few days. That's going to be tired, boy. Tired, tired. Yeah, filling in on the morning show Wednesday, tomorrow, and Friday. At I am uh, Matt Burton, where you can find a lot of tweets ranging from basketball observations to uh, the the screenshots of girlfriends of NBA players. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's what you that's do. Basically, so that, that's, that's what you do, do with your that's life. That's what I do with my life. Yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna make sure I keep checking on you. Be like, hey, vibe check, Matt. How this are you is doing? The, this is um, vibes are always good over here. Okay. Whenever we're in this space, whenever we're doing this show, vibes are always good. Oh, I'm not talking about right now. Like vibes are always yeah, yeah, good yeah, on the show. For sure. I mean, like at 7 a.m. when you're doing the morning show, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I might just turn my phone off to be honest. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't want to be contacted you don't need to have to keep looking up those pictures well taking people a little bit behind the curtain here so yesterday matt you were tasked with uh tweeting out a screenshot of alexi pokushevsky's girlfriend yes on the twitter machine sam mays asked for it on air and then suggested to all of our lovely listeners here at the franchise (laughs) to follow you 
Yeah. And to you had, see said photo. Yeah. And you had quite the influx of followers. And I just, yeah. I can just imagine you going like, you know, cause I know you're living on your own cause you're big, you're a big adult boy. Right. You know, yeah, big yeah, adult, yeah. big adult. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you ran into your father, coach Burton, you'd be like, what now, dad? I got 20 followers on Twitter. Yeah, I got 20 new followers. So that's just what you like to do with your life. Is, yeah, that's what, that's what he would do. Like, this is what, this is who I raised, huh? This is who I raised. <laughs> Social media no, clout? Yeah, this yeah, is your I, job? I, it's not I, about thought, the- I thought that I had done something wrong because, yeah, the uh, a lot of people wanted to see what Pokashevsky's <laughs> girlfriend looked like, I feel like. Still don't know she's what she looks looking, like. She looks like well, an to until she's Matt pretty Burton. attractive. IG model. Yeah, she looks like an IG model. Go to so just, at I am Matt Burton. You'll find. Her. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to like. I just want to know. She looks like Madison. Morris. How they got together? Like how she's, did how did she that happen? She's Greek. I did, she's Greek. She, well, was, he's that, okay. Was so they, they talk. Okay. 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 I'm getting caught up now. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, was she a pink lady, or that's a Greece thing? To Greece, okay, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, not 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 Hellenic Greece, but like the play. Oh, okay, yeah, I I, I can't. Yeah, I get what you're saying now. Christine, have you ever seen Gre- Greece? <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, so she has. I've seen never it. seen. Like, Greece, did he have way. a car? Uh, let me guess. Ryan Chapman hasn't seen Greece. I don't think so. Does Ryan watch anything? I've never. Ted Lasso. Seen I've never seen. I guess he got me into Ted Lasso. Yeah, he, he got me into Ted Lasso too. So I mean. Ryan doesn't watch anything that we watch, Brady. I guess, <laughs> Ryan, you know, he, no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's too nice of a fella. Ryan Chapman is basically just a Jason Sudeikis influencer, so I mean, Stop. good on him. But real quick, Matt, before we get a little bit further, you are going to be filling in on the morning show tomorrow morning? Yeah, tomorrow morning and uh, Friday morning. From what time? So, uh, from 6 to, I believe, 11. Todd Lizenby in his if garage. The, if you can hear the pain in my voice. Yeah, well, quick turnaround. It's and okay. You, Todd... And Eddie Radosovich. So, listen this morning with uh, Ryan. So it's good to see you guys are trading off. So yes. it's not all it's the burden on all, one person. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, real quick, guys. Oklahoma City losing one twenty three to one hundred two. I mean, we got into SGA's eight turnovers. We got in Zach Levine just stay killing Oklahoma City's essentially twenty twenty one. Andrew Wiggins. But I mean, Oklahoma City coming into this game seventeen and twenty two now seventeen and twenty three. You look at it at their schedule. They've got some winnable games. Just assuming that certain guys come back into the lineup. But let's just let's just say that let's say they get Lou Dort, Darius Baisley back. I mean, Al Horford's going to probably play at least a game before the trade deadline. We were coming up nine days until the trade deadline. Uh, but even at full strength, I mean, have, has this roster hit a wall? Like, have guys like Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby. Uh, Ty Jerome, uh, Teo Maladon, especially who has made nice plays, but has not necessarily had like those games that we get on this show right after and go, man, Teo Maladon's awesome. And that's, yeah. I mean, he's a rookie, he's young, he's going to hit a wall. But all those guys have enough film on them, Christine, to where I'm like, even like the lower end teams, the Thunder are going to play one on Thursday in Atlanta. Even the lower end teams that aren't very defensively capable, they know what Oklahoma City is going to offer. And because that talent in Oklahoma City is not real anywhere close to being realized, the likelihood that Oklahoma City just gets a chunk of losses coming up, like I, I think, is very high now. Yes and no. I don't think that they've hit a wall, though, especially since you've seen how much they've progressed since the beginning of the season to now. I feel like each player individually has gotten better, and I feel like their chemistry overall is also improved. And I just see that continuing to improve more. I don't know if that necessarily means that they're going to win the next couple of games because ultimately like you said 
they're kind of reaching their peak, I feel like, at this point, because everyone has kind of realized what to expect from the Thunder. But I do think we're still going to see some really nice plays. I think we're going to see a solid team get out on the floor. I mean, tonight wasn't their night, but usually they play a lot better defensively than they did tonight. And if you get Al Horford back for one of these games, if um, Lou Dort comes back soon, you could probably see them look a lot stronger than they did tonight against the Chicago Bulls. And they don't have, you know, a lot of games left. I mean, I mean, I guess they kind of do. I, I don't know. I guess I just think that it's tough to say that they've hit a wall because I don't believe that they have. I just think that there comes a point in every team season where you know exactly what to expect from them coming out on the floor. And it becomes more of an issue of who can make adjustments during the game based on what situation they're in after the first quarter, after the second quarter, after the third quarter, and so on. And Mark Dragnout is kind of one of those coaches that is able to make those adjustments. We saw it, especially from the first quarter in this game, moving into the second one. And unfortunately, after that, they just came out way too cold in the third quarter, which ultimately led, I think, to their loss. And it just, I think it's going to be depending on game-to-game scenarios for me. I don't think they've hit a wall, and I think that they're going to continue to improve. I just don't know if that necessarily means they're going to win. Well, Matt, at this point in the season, have you had an... If if you're just a Thunder fan, if you're just a Thunder fan who understands that the future on paper appears very bright, and you've got some... uh, You've got a potential all-star... You know, for the next five to seven years, and Shea Gilles Alexander, if not longer, if he is able to stay healthy, you've also got some young talent that we don't know exactly what their ceilings are, but we know enough about them to invest into some hope for the future, as well as all the the draft assets. But you're still stuck in the present in that you sit down and you watch your team play, and you want to watch them win. Are you not satisfied with it this season, seventeen and twenty three? Because every time you read. Another city's publication about the Oklahoma City Thunder, like I'm reading um, the Chicago newspaper this morning in preparation for this game, and all it says is like, man, the Thunder have like really surprised people around the league. Yeah. And, you know, at 17-22, maybe that's a few more wins than they would have probably wanted considering where the franchise is trying to go. So I feel like you've already experienced the short-term best-case scenario, and now it's just kind of time to point to the future and, quote, See what we got in Moses Brown yes. and Ty Jerome and Teo Maladon for extended minutes because that's just going to equate in more wins or more losses than wins. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Presti was like, "All right, you guys, kind of, uh, you had your fun. You know, you got you got your wins. You got more wins than uh, it's like too much for comfort. Like too many too many wins for comfort. Um, I don't know. It's just it is surprising because right they haven't had George Hill now for a long period of the season. Uh, Al Horford doesn't play back-to-backs, and now he's, you know, just getting more rest because he's been more effective with a lot of rest, I guess. Uh, hand quotes. Um, I, I don't know. If I'm a Thunder fan, I'm just... Honestly, the best way to go about it is just no expectations. Whatever happens, happens. Because... And I, I would try not to worry about the, like, the Thunder's own draft pick. Because that'll still be in the top ten, I'm sure. But... I guess if you're like if you're fixated on Cade Cunningham, maybe let's dial that back just to let's dial that back just a bit, right? Uh, don't get fixated on one player. Even though I would love to have Cade Cunningham on the Thunder, it'd be awesome. Keep him in Oklahoma, that'd be great. But um, if the Thunder do want to jump up to number one to get Cade Cunningham, they have more than enough stuff, more than enough assets 
to get that done. So I would also say just relax, let let the chips fall where they may, and then if Presty wants some someone bad enough like a Cade or Jalen Suggs, whoever in that top five, and they don't get a top five pick, they can they can jump up in there and get it if they really want to. Well, I mean, Christine, that's that's all well and good to say and to know, but I mean, it's it's hard. Like as a fan, like I'm trying to put myself in a fan's perspective here, but it's hard to just kind of sit through the next three months of just knowing that you're going to be watching a lot of games with Pokusheski out there, like being a second, if not first option, depending on certain lineups offensively for the Thunder. There are going to be a lot of times where Shea Gilles Alexander is by far the best player on the floor, you know, regardless of team, and it just won't matter much just because he just doesn't have enough help and you know, equitable talent around him to make it work. So like my question to you is just, I mean, is there any fear that this kind of wears on a SGA? Is there any fear that this wears on a Darius Baisley or a Lou Dort? I, I don't think it would at this point because I think they've seen what they're capable of and they're probably just as excited for the future as we all are. But I mean, there is that fear that if they have like, let's say 15 games, and they lose 13 of them of that just being a mental, just, wear and tear on you it's interesting that you bring this up because i remember i was watching just tonight a moment in the first quarter when um the thunder had 21 points and sga had scored nine of those so he had scored a third of their points um or around like a third of their points at that point in the game and he just looked already defeated and i was thinking to myself is this him defeated with himself because he feels like he's not doing enough? Is this him frustrated that he doesn't have Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, George Hill, Al Horford, Mike Muscala in this game? Anyone really offensively to help him out that he's used to having around him that he can connect with? What is it? Because you could just tell in his body language that he was not happy with how the game was going. I mean, like, and I thought that was just more than what the score was saying. I think he was just not happy with what the team was putting out on the floor or maybe it was what he wasn't happy with what he was putting out on the floor either way though I think there will come a point if after this season that they don't really take steps forward to improve and take steps to kind of be that up-and-coming team in the NBA if they don't take those steps I could easily see SGA being like well I could make more money and have a better team around me to get into the playoffs somewhere else and take his talents elsewhere, possibly in two to three years, if this team doesn't really start making big strides soon. Because when you're as good as SGA, when you're as talented, when you have so much promise in this league, you don't want to waste your, you know, your years on a team that that's not going to kind of come up with you. So I could easily see this start to weigh on him because, like we see in the NBA a lot, there comes a point in each player's time. When, they, when their output starts to decrease because of their age, because their body's getting too tired, they can't move the same way they used to, especially at the point guard position. He's not going to be able to be as quick or as athletic in, a, you know, like in the later parts of his career. So if he doesn't get what he wants earlier, I could see him leaving because he's frustrated. Well, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> no. He's too fun to watch. Exactly. Keep everything local. Hey, Matt, I've got an idea. Yeah. This game really hurt my heart to talk about because of how bad it was. So why don't you take us around the association? Gladly. We're going to do it. 
quick trip around the association here because uh, there really weren't that many games. Uh, Utah Jazz nice. beat the Boston Celtics 117-109 in Boston. Donovan Mitchell with 21. Jason Tatum with 29. Jalen Brown, 28. To lead the scores, the Miami Heat get a win in Miami over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yay. Colin Sexton, 21 points. Jimmy Butler, 28 points, 12 rebounds to lead the Heat. Such an enthusiastic fan, Brady. Uh, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. <laughs> the, uh, Ever the optimist. <laughs> The, uh, the Thunder's next opponent, the Atlanta Hawks, get a win in Houston because who doesn't these days? Ah, ah. Uh, 119 to 107. Losers of 17 straight, the Houston Rockets? Uh, I think so. I don't know. They're putting a good run together. They're, they really want to keep they that pick. They want that top three protected They really pick. want to keep that pick. Yeah. Uh, Trey Young, 13 points, 14 assists. Danilo Gallinari led the way with 29 points. Let me say that. Uh-oh. One more Danilo time. Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. Sorry if I was better at my job. I would have had that queued up well, way earlier. You did that um, with your third arm. I saw it. I led into it. It's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> the uh, Philadelphia 76ers get a win at home against the New York Knicks. Um, Julius Randle, 19 points. 15 boards, 8 assists to lead the way for the Knicks, and Tobias Harris, 30 points to lead the Sixers. I feel like every time I read off the Sixers score, Tobias Harris is like either leading them in points or second behind Joel Embiid. Yeah, he's just popping off. Like he's doing, he's playing really well. Can I, can I break some not-NBA news real quick? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, I just want to be the first one on the franchise to say this because this is no doubt going to be uh, one of the big stories of the day. Big story of the day. Oh, Trevor Reza traded. traded. What? What? No. Uh, what? Huh? Buki Radley Hiles is officially a Washington Husky. All right. Just tweeted Bye. out. Just tweeted out a picture of his uh, bachelor's in art of arts from the University of Oklahoma and me. a number forty-four jersey in purple of Washington. So, fare thee well. Brendan Bradley Hiles. Good for Buki. Good for Buki. I feel like that'll be, uh, hopefully that'll be a good fit for him. And uh, congrats on getting his degree. West Coast. Congrats on getting his bachelor's degree. A couple games in progress. The Pelicans are ahead of the Trailblazers at halftime right now, 64-50. to And with about six and a half minutes left, the Timberwolves are beating the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, you heard me right. The Minnesota Timberwolves are on top of the Los Angeles Lakers right now, 48-46. to And that was your quick trip around the association. Very lovely. Thank, Thank you, you, Matt. So You're very welcome. We touched on everything today, guys. We touched on the game itself. We touched on free agency and trades. Yeah. A little bit of the draft. Schedule ahead. A little bit of OU news, too. And some OU news. And that's what you can expect here on the First Take Thunder postgame show. Slash the OKC82 podcast, which if you're just now joining in, you can, of course, subscribe to the OKC82 podcast, follow along with it. Uh, no, no payment, nothing like that. You just f- follow it wherever you listen to podcasts, because as soon as this show ends, we put it right up on the feed a few minutes later, and you can listen to it on your commute to work tomorrow. That is, of course, unless you're 
not listening to 107.7 The Franchise, which Matt Burton already said he's going to be on the morning show filling in. So everybody wake up early and do Matt a favor and listen to him and tell him how great of a job he's doing. But Christine Butterfield, once again, thank you. Thank you so much. Good Uh, to be here. Of course. Oklahoma City loses 123 to 102 to the Chicago Bulls. They've got the Atlanta Hawks coming to town. Or exactly, scratch that. The Thunder are going to Atlanta. That is my bad. On Thursday, we will be back on the airwaves following the Thunder and the Hawks talking about that. So thank you all so very much for listening to the Thunder First Take postgame show here on 107.7 The Franchise.